Great. Hi, you guys. I am so excited today. I'm even more excited, I think, than I've ever been because I just love Rob Mack. He's the best. And today on Quantum Magic TV, we get to talk to him personally about life and what's going on and all that he does. Rob, where yes. do I start? <laughs> oh, man. That was quite an introduction. I so appreciate it. You know that feeling is perfectly mutual. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just, I, and I got to give it to you. Like you're an Ivy league educated, positive psychology expert, celebrity happiness coach, author, the list goes on. You have been seen on uh, good morning, La La Land, good morning, America, today's show E you're endorsed by Oprah. I just, I don't even know. Where, it's so crazy. Uh, I just want dance moves like yours though. <laughs> if I can move okay. like you. We can trade. We can trade. Okay. You can help me with the happiness life coach stuff, and I'll help you with the moves. That's a plan. Okay, it's a deal. So tell us about your journey. How did all of this life coaching, happiness coaching come about? Uh, what are you doing for people, and what has your experience been? Yeah, boy. The hard way. I learned everything the hard way, Shay. I don't know about you, but I was probably the least likely person to become a happiness coach because I was deeply miserable as a kid. Like I remember being unhappy and like hating myself at four or five years of age. I mean, I really, and that I always young. thought I would grow out of it. Yeah, that young. My first memories of myself were of me feeling miserable, stressed, anxious, and unhappy. And I always thought I'd grow out of it. Like as I made friends and I did well athletically and academically that I would just find happiness or it would find me. That did not happen right away. Yeah. Um, instead, over time, I just became more and more depressed. So I got to a place in my life where I was thinking about suicide so often that I couldn't really get ahead of it. I couldn't stop it, it felt like. And eventually I got to a place where I started researching ways to kill myself. Mm. Yeah, and so I decided I was gonna slit my wrist. So I remember, you know, I went to the kitchen, I got a kitchen knife and, uh, you know, the thing about suicide is you wanna end the pain. So as much as you want to end the psychological and emotional suffering, you don't want to experience more physical pain. So I was like, well, how much is this going to hurt? You know, dig this into my wrist. So in any case, I went to dig it in my wrist and I had the most unexpected, unpredictable experience that I could have ever imagined. Like, yeah. So in that moment, as I'm like seriously contemplating committing to suicide, I felt more peace and more bliss and more love than I had probably felt in my entire life, despite nothing in my external conditions or circumstances changing at all, you know? You think that was something so, inside yourself that happened in that moment? Yeah, it was, I definitely would chalk it up as divine intervention, yeah. you know? And uh, I didn't understand that at the time. I just right. knew something strange had happened. And so I decided in that moment I was gonna postpone suicide for like an hour. <laughs> it was just an hour, man. Like that was, and that was a tall order for me. It was very ambitious to think on a whole hour. I was like, how am I gonna last, last an hour? Right. But I started doing a little research about depression and suicidal ideation and happiness. And I learned so much, even that little hour. Yeah. Most important thing I learned was that I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. And that hour bled into several hours, several days, weeks. Now I look back, you know, it's been over, 20 some years and I can't barely recognize that 
you know, that, that person. So it's kind of wild, you know, I've learned a lot along the way and it wasn't, you know, a linear progression. It was like two steps forward. And sometimes it felt like a hundred steps backwards. Mm -hmm. um, and the suicidal ideation didn't just end that day or that week or even that year. Right. But over time, I just became inch by inch happier and happier and happier. And uh, here we are today. And you, I, and it's so crazy because your energy and your vibe and just and, and knowing you, I would never think that about you. But I feel like some of the, you know, most high level coaches and, and people like you and experts do have to go through those dark, the darkness. You have to go through the darkness to get to that light and to be able to help people almost. Truth, right there is true. That's spoken from someone who's lived that themselves, huh? Like, you know, you're absolutely right about that. Um, when something is life or death, you become pretty good at it pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, it's like either swim or die. You're gonna try really hard to learn how to swim. Um, and that was the case with me around happiness. I said, well, if I'm gonna live, I'm gonna live happily or not at all. You know, I'm gonna live blissfully or not at all. And so I did um, put a lot of effort in and I read voraciously and I applied everything that I could apply and I forgot the stuff that didn't work and I kept the stuff that did. Um, but yeah, it eventually led um, to like a lived embodied experience of happiness instead of just something that was in my head. Yes. And I think that's the difference, right? That's the difference between, I think, extraordinarily, I don't want to just say successful, but talented or gifted people at anything they like they like eat breathe sweet uh, sleep and like they live it you know they don't just talk about it they don't just think about it they live it and, and i think um, that's where like people are missing that heart and brain coherence is where too many people are in their head and constantly overanalyzing versus really digging deeper into what they're feeling why they're feeling it how to heal it how to move forward so that they truly feel good and live a, an amazing life truth right there truth right there shay that's exactly right you nailed it. And it's funny you should say that because it took me years to recognize and realize it. But what you just said wasn't, that was my precise problem is that I was feeling things very deeply right. and I was analyzing it a lot. Yeah. But, and that analysis turned from reflection, which was, could be helpful and introspection, which was into rumination where you would just repeat the same old negative redundant thoughts over and over and over again yeah. without really taking a solution oriented approach or even knowing what direction in order to face to take a solution oriented approach. So you nailed it. And then people I feel like get so deep in their thoughts that, and it's like such a dark rabbit hole. And when you're in such a dark place, sometimes I feel like, and I'm, I'm sure you can agree with where you were at. You just don't know who to go to, what to do, how to get help. And what are some tools that you would say are for people to just help themselves, first of all, and then eventually once they break through that, to find more options? You're, man, so it's such, this is why I love conversations with you, Shay. I mean, it comes from such an authentic place with you. Um, the questions are so profound. Like that was precisely the challenge that I had was that um, I had dipped my toes into the water, so to speak, in trying to have these conversations with people about what I was feeling and thinking, you know, because I was really experiencing like this existential angst, like this yeah. idea of like, what's the purpose and meaning of my existence of yeah. any of our existences? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like why, why am I put here on this planet without a rule book or a guidebook? I don't know what the goal of this whole thing is. Everything I work 
so hard to achieve will one day be stripped away from me, either because I'll lose it or I have an accident or misfortune or death. And everyone I love and I try hard, so hard to get to love me also will be stripped away from me. And I don't know where I came from before this life. I don't know where I'm going to after this life. It would just, all these thoughts would just overwhelm me, you know? And so when I also realized I couldn't really connect with anyone about it because they, if they did experience or did have those thoughts, they maybe weren't comfortable talking to me about them. But a lot of people didn't, you know, hadn't thought about these things in that way. Right. So a couple of tips and tricks that I learned along the way is one, there are people out there in the world who have solved the very problem you're most struggling with, whatever it is. So for me, it was depression yeah. and unhappiness. Yeah. But some, for some other people, it might be a really severe financial issue or health issue or whatever. But there are people out there in the world who have spent and spilt blood, sweat, and tears to solve for that problem. And you can lean on those people. And lots of times that means leaning on them virtually. You might not know who they are. They might not be alive in this physical, in their physical body today. A lot of my best friends and most helpful coaches and therapists over the years have been, you know, dead authors, right? And so lean into that first and foremost. There are, there's infinite, seemingly infinite resources available to you online. And if you're serious about this, I promise you, the more you seek, the more things will show up for you in divine timing at just the moment when you need it. So, yeah. you know, if your heart's in it and if you really mean it, when you say you want to be happy, if you really mean it, you'll be overwhelmed by the ways in which life will support you and cooperate with you and collaborate with you in making that desire for happiness a reality. Yes, because the universe really wants to serve us. It does. But when our energetic frequency is on that lower level, it's hard for the universe to allow that good to come. So I like really want and hope people can hear this in the fact that if you work every day at shifting your frequency and your energetics, those things will become a lot easier, you know? And I'm curious to ask you, like, what was the quantum leap that you took? I know you, obviously that was a, a major experience and a, and a turn for you when you went through that. But once you did the work and, and you, you know, were feeling better and you were doing better, what quantum leap happened in your life for you to kind of get the success and all this stuff started happening and then you were working with all these people? Oh, man. Good question, Shay. Oh, Shay. That's why we are friends. Like, we're friends in real life, you know? Exactly. Um, <laughs> truly. Um, so a number of things I would say that it was when I fully deeply committed to happiness for itself, not for what it could deliver. So the mistake that most of us make is that we want to manifest stuff or people or conditions or circumstance. That is the biggest trap of all. Okay. You can't fake the universe out by pretending to be happy in order to have or get these successful life experiences to show up in your life. It doesn't work that way. You have to be genuinely tapped in, tuned in, turned on for joy itself, peace itself, love itself. And you have to recognize and realize that the reason you want to achieve, acquire, accomplish anything else in your life is for the feeling. It's for the happiness. It's for the peace and the love and the joy. If you can focus on first manifesting and demonstrating that happiness inside of you, despite and regardless what's not showing up in your life externally, you'll be, again, impressed by the ways in which things show up out of thin air or people show up out of thin air and opportunities develop, even when you're like actively resisting them, they'll still, yeah. you know, that was the story with me. I remember like at some point chasing TV stuff and, um, you know, I was getting away from this focus on happiness that 
I should have remembered, and now I do remember, is the ultimate purpose and meaning and point of our lives. But I was getting away from that. And so the TV stuff wasn't happening. So I said, what am I doing? I'm chasing this TV stuff. I'm routing my happiness through TV or through a book or whatever. Why don't I go directly to the source for it like I always have insisted and committed to doing and do it just because you want to be happy. And if stuff shows up, great, it's icing on the cake. But don't make it the cake itself. And then all yeah. of a sudden, as soon as you forget about it, you put it on the shelf and it's not really that important anymore, it shows up. It's like my boy. The universe loves giving, yes. The universe loves giving us stuff. Life loves giving us stuff. The resistance though. You know, because you, you were, you had the resistance of, oh, it's not happening subconsciously. Almost. That's right. And it's interesting because right. it's like, once you become aware and you're like, what can I give? Not what can I get out of it? The whole energetic shift. And it's just like you said too, it was interesting when I, when I met you as well, I was claiming to be on my spiritual path and I, and I was, but I was not there yet. I was, I was studying under a shaman. I was traveling. I was really trying to speak and really trying to do the whole entertainment thing. And I think that it, it really pertains to a lot of people in Los Angeles. Like I finally shifted my mindset too. And like, I don't need to go for every gig. I don't need to try to run and try to get every gig. Like I'm creating my gigs now. And I'm, and that is opening up doors of all the other things coming. You just absolutely, you nailed it. I mean, it's more than a meme, even though we see the meme, it's more than a meme, this idea that needing nothing attracts everything. And that it's not about giving up on your goals or your dreams. It's just giving up the struggle and the resistance around your goals and dreams. Like I remember the first TV show I booked before I was really a happiness coach. I was a model and I was an actor. And I remember literally being so happy at a pool in my apartment complex in South Beach. And I remember literally getting a call from the modeling agency and they're like, hey, Rob, we got this casting. Don't you want to go to the casting? And I was like, ah. I think I'm good on that one. I don't think that's the right part for me because I was just so happy at the pool, quite frankly. You know, and I didn't really put the book it or anything. But I had this friend of mine and, um, you know, she, and I had a scooter, so she wanted to ride to the casting. So she calls me and says, hey, Ralph, can you give me a ride? I said, I'm not going to that casting. You know, I'm going to just go ahead and enjoy my book at the pool. I'm happier here. Yeah. And she said, please, please, can you just do it for me? I said, you know what? I'll do it for you. I love connecting with you and talking to you. I get to the casting. I thought it was just for a modeling shoot. And then they're like, hey, you want to audition for this part? like Paco and I was like nah I, I'm actually I'm gonna go back to the pool but thank you guys so much you know like I was really like who does that who says no you know yeah. and I was like nah I'm not gonna you know and they're like just go ahead and read the lines real quick so I was having so much fun just talking to my friends and stuff and really excited to get back to the pool I read it real quick relaxed confident and just was done and then as I'm about to get on my scooter I'm like hey um where are you going I'm like I did my line. I'm sure you guys are going to book the role. And they're like, no, 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 we want you in the role. We're going to book the And I'm like, wait, what? I mean, it was the least effort I had put into anything in my life. And wow. it just worked out. But it, there's so, tr so much truth in that, Shay, for exactly the reason you defined, which is that there was no resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's so crazy, too, because the other night, you know, I've really been trying to not trying, I've been stepping into who I am and not letting, you know, out the outer world and energetics um, affect me and really analyzing my childhood and the patterns that I developed um, as an adult because of that and really shedding that and allowing myself to become who I truly am. And the other night I just had these like, all these weird like epiphanies and things happening. And then I just had the urge to clear out my entire apartment. I got rid of so much stuff and I like kind of looked a little more empty in here, but I like it. Oh, see, I love that. And I've done that 
so many occasions myself, sometimes it's just rearranging furniture, but it's a good point, which is like, you know, clean out, make room for new energy, for new opportunities to, you know, enter into your life and for grace essentially to show up. And I am a firm believer in, in, in that. There's no question about it. You can do that both externally and so much of the, for me at least, you know, the spiritual journey is about keeping my mind and my heart empty of all these needless, redundant, negative thoughts or energies or whatever, you know, that empty space inside of you that often feels like silence and stillness and just perfect presence, it's full. I mean, it's full of fulfillment. It's full of light and love and peace and happiness. I mean, that's essentially what it is. But most of us run away from that emptiness. We try to fill it up with stuff or with people or with other things. And we never spend enough time there to recognize and realize that it's the very source of everything else we want in our lives. Yes. And then people sit and wonder why they're unhappy and why they feel this void and why they feel empty. But you're not acknowledging your, the empty space within you to actually truly learn about it. That's right. It's like that saying, um, what you run to, you run from, you know? And, you know, it's like, so you think that you're running to happiness. You think that happiness or whatever it is, peace, love, success, true abundance, is somewhere out there in the future, not recognizing and realizing the entire time. It really is just sitting inside you here and now. And if you could just simply get your head and your thoughts out of the way a little bit, you could sink down deep enough to realize and finally experience that perfect peace that you essentially are. But again, most of the world will not encourage you to do that. That's not how you necessarily get people to buy your products or services. <laughs> it's so much easier to encourage them to buy your products and services, you know, if you convince them that that product or service will make them happy, you right. know, or that you as a partner will make them happy. Um, but we all know that's not the case. It's so true. And I feel like really though, our paradigm is shifting and people are starting to wake up and they're starting to really question things. And with that all happening and going on as well, like where is your mind at with this whole pandemic and COVID and what is your take on it? Yeah. So my mind's not with the pandemic. <laughs> my mind, you know, my mind's not really with any of that stuff. I mean, okay. um, I feel so much deep um, empathy and I have uh, genuine care and uh, compassion uh, for anyone. And we've all been affected, uh, you know, affected in some way for yeah. those folks who have lost people or are sick right now. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, and there's also no question that, you know, it's an incredible opportunity and invitation to stop disempowering ourselves by giving the world responsibility to make us happy, you know, yeah. or even our health to make us happy, you know. Um, I know it's hard to believe, but science has found that there is no correlation between happiness and objective health. So it's hard. we all prefer to be healthy. There's no question about that. I'll, you know, we want health all day, every day. And that being said, we know that just because you're healthy, it doesn't mean that you're happy, even if everything else is going well too, right? Um, there is a correlation between subjective health, meaning the way you experience your health, or the way you think about your health, and happiness. And so all that being said is, you know, um, anytime you start to make other people or things responsible for how you feel, you disempower yourself to make a change about it. So, um, you know, I'm not concerned. At the end of the day, my most peaceful moments remain the same. My happiest moments remain, remain the same. And it's mostly when I'm not thinking about things that I can't control. <laughs> like, right. so... Oh, that is so well said, because I feel like, but it's a choice to choose to focus on what you're, cho what you're choosing to focus on. It and is. People kind of miss 
miss that with things. And it's so easy for us to get into ego and get into fear and get into scarcity mode. Uh, and then when you get into those energetics, that's when, you know, the universe does start giving you in your 3d reality that's happening in front of your eyes, those things that match up to that. So you, you nailed it. I mean, Shay, so beautifully said, um, eloquently said as always, you know, it's true. Like the brain is built with a negativity bias, right? We know that's true. We know that it takes about five positive experiences to compensate for the one equivalent negative experience, right? The brain is built that way. So the brain is really designed to keep you alive. It's not necessarily designed to make you happy. That being said, I would, you know, go beyond that. We're more than a brain, okay? We're something that is, um, that has a brain, but we're not it. We have a mind, but we're not our mind. We have a body, but we're not our mind. We're something that's essentially mindless and bodiless that is spirit itself, right? And when you spend time communing with and in and as that, which means not spending time being lost in your thoughts or lost in other people's thoughts or words or whatever all the time, you suddenly discover that by just simply practicing the presence of your own naked existence or awareness, that just blind awareness, that in of itself is peace and happiness already. And it manifests itself in infinite ways in your life, in ways that are better than anything you could possibly make up or create or script or plot or plan or fathom. I mean, life is so much sweeter than our thoughts about it. You know, it's so yeah. much happier than our oh, thoughts about it. So, it's giving us so much more than our brains can comprehend, which is why it's so interesting. And I feel like you're definitely a believer in quantum physics and science from, from your languaging. Do you um, listen or, or uh, do any of Joe Dispenza's teaching? I, yes, I, I, I love Joe Dispenza, um, placebo effect, I mean, uh, you are the placebo. Yes, and, uh, the first one. Yes, oh my gosh, totally. Um, so yeah, I love Joe Dispenza. I mean, there's so many, I think the first author who I felt, you know, quote unquote in love with, it was Abraham Hicks. Yes. Love Abraham Hicks. Yeah, I mean, Abraham Hicks. And I remember once going to a seminar, I got put in the hot seat and I'll never forget. Yeah. Yes, and I got to ask a question I had, I mean, the one person who probably had the most questions, uh, you know, is me. It was always me. I always had the most questions. I'd annoy my mom and my friends and my family by asking them a thousand questions about the universe and spirit yeah. and manifestation <laughs> and science. Totally. Well, listen, I got in the hot seat and all of a sudden I had a completely quiet mind and I felt perfectly content. And I remember, th and I remember Esther saying to me essentially like, um, okay, do you have a question? And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> it was so odd. It was like, it, I was like, I'm good. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, well, I can probably come up with a question, but I've never felt so good. <laughs> so oh, that just goes to show. Yeah. But Abraham Hicks and Joe Dispenza, Eckhart Tolle, um, I've loved Joel Goldsmith, Ernest Holmes, uh, Michael Beckwith, you know, um, Rupert Spira. I mean, there's so many great authors in the world and great teachers in the world. And I've learned something from every single one of them. There's not a teacher or a book that I've ever read or listened to that I haven't learned from. Absolutely. And I think it's so important for people to find what resonates with them and not feel like they have to take all the information and that's what's facts and true. Like it, of course, everyone has an opinion and experience and it's so interesting when everyone's li living their own perspective through their own lens. So I, I feel like a lot of people misinterpret what's good for them based off of all the opinions they're taking off of everyone else. And then they're so far from their inner self and then living this life and they're like, but why aren't I happy? You just said it so beautifully. Wayne Dyer would always say it's how, how important it is to become independent 
of the good intentions of other people, you know, and um, that's just about minding your own business, right? And so if you're stressed out, if you're anxious, if you're unhappy, you can know for sure you're in somebody else's business or God's business, right? That means you're probably, you know, not in your yard anymore. And so it's so important just to mind your own business and mind your own bliss. And that means making other people less relevant than you have been. (laughs) And that doesn't, right? And it doesn't mean you love them less, it you love them more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. This is so good. Seriously. I just, I wanted to dive in. There was one thing I had and I just lost it. So that's okay. I'm going to just let it go and I'm not going to hang on to that. While you think about it, I'll say this one thing. You know, I think part of the challenge with so many of us is that we become like object reverent or other reverent, which means we just base our identity on things that are outside of us, other people, other things. And you nailed it, Shay. You know, you don't know the treasure that exists inside of you until you really dive deep, you know, and the thing about discovering that inner treasure is that everyone who's gone inside to find it, finds it, it's guaranteed, and it lasts forever. It's not something that you can lose. You can't get it to have it taken away without your own consent, you know, unlike the other things that rust out or wear out. And so just, I would encourage, you know, everyone, and I'm always the first to say that Anytime I encourage or give advice to someone else, it's always really only meant for me. So I'm the one person I know will listen <laughs> or can listen. Um, and so that is just, you know, trust this idea. And it sounds like scripture and it's scripture, but it's so much more than that, which is like, you know, when you seek the kingdom of heaven, you know, the rest is added and that kingdom of heaven is within. And for me, that's really just about seeking the presence of source of life itself, that infinite eternal, faceless, formless, thoughtless, wordless life force inside of me. We're going to spend time with it the same way I would spend time with you, Shay, not to get something from you, you know, no. or my mom, not something, just for the joy of it alone. When you spend time just for that, you'll be amazed in the ways in which your life will shift and change in desirable, happy, healthy, wealthy directions without so much effort, you know. And, so, and really truly being in the now and really just embracing whoever that is the experience in the now and not having your mind in the future or in the past and operating from that type of a level, I feel like is so key. And it's funny, I totally remembered as you were talking, I just feel like people don't trust themselves and tune into our bodies enough. Like our bodies are so insanely incredible and able to heal in ways that we couldn't even imagine. And I think that it needs to be addressed in the fact like, you don't need to go seek all these medical like solutions, slap on this pill, help. And I think I really want to encourage people and please help me here if you can. Like, what do you, what do you do if you start feeling sick or you start, uh, like I have some things I go and do and I do not go to for the pill bottle or anything. I mean, damn, I won't even take a freaking Tylenol unless I'm pounding <laughs> headache. But like, what do, what do you do if you start feeling like, oh, my energetics are feeling off. I may, your mind's like, well, you're, I think you're getting sick, but you're like, oh no, I'm not going to go there. What do you do? Yeah. What a great question. So, um, you know, I used to be that person was like, oh my gosh, cause I, I would run to the doctor or when I was young, I would tell my mom right away, you know, um, and so I don't do that. I think for me, I always reminded of the Course in Miracles quote. So, you know, Course in Miracles um, is such a powerful, it's a very long text, but it's a powerful text. And one of the sort of, I'll paraphrasing here, but essentially, you know, a miracle is a shift in perception. That's the first piece. The second piece is that, you know, when you feel sick, 
the temptation is always to give more attention to your body, which is a right intention. I think, you know, you want to take care of the body, but it's also to obsess about the body, to obsess about health at precisely the time in which you don't want to be obsessing about the body, but instead spending time with spirit. So for me, the invitation is always to recognize and realize and remember that who and what I am is ultimately untouchable, it's immovable, it's unshakable, it's invisible. That spirit that exists at the heart of all of us and that we all share is infinitely and eternally healthy. There is no such thing as illness there at all. You know, in, in presence, there is no illness, there is no disease, and therefore no need for miracle, no need for healing or any of that. And so I want to spend time identifying with that more, right? So I do what I can to, and I call it practicing the presence, but it's mostly just feeling into the peaceful aliveness that's in my body and knowing that that is perfect health already. Even if my body is showing signs of something else, um, I don't need to be obsessing about the body right. just because I'm not feeling particularly healthy in that moment or I'm not feeling particularly good. So that's the number one thing for me. Um, I also find that, um, you know, sleeping is underrated. <laughs> so yeah. just sleeping and hydration, like sometimes it's the most basic things. Um, but generally it's your body, you know, is intelligent. You're right, Jay, it's much smarter than the brain is in lots of ways because it's more primitive. And also, you know, if you don't take time to slow down and enjoy the present moment and take care of yourself, don't worry, the body will make you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until you listen. It's pretty insane. That's like, for me, I just, I'll start feeling a certain way, but I choose to not allow my thoughts to feed into the feeling that I might be feeling. Because again, people need to realize our emotions are not, they don't define you. What you're going through, yes, feel them um, and, and sit with them and acknowledge them. But I think it's so key to kind of mind over matter, know that you, you can be healthy, you are healthy. I'll go for walks, I'll connect, I'll ground myself. I'm total like, tree hugger I'm like one of those and <laughs> I just love to find you know natural ways of just appealing because there's so many things you can do and not have to just go and run and be like oh this and that and the more you start getting into those thoughts the more you're just down this rabbit hole of sickness you nailed it and there's so much boy such so much so many profound and poignant insights you shared there Shay I just want to like highlight one or two because folks may have missed them and, you know, one is that, like, I used to think about surrender. They always say, well, surrender, you know? And it sounded like I was surrendering to a diagnosis, for instance, or I was surrendering to, like, this bankruptcy, or I'm surrendering to this addiction or whatever it was. But surrender really isn't about the future at all. And it's not about labels at all. And it's not about the past at all. It's simply about noticing what it is that you're feeling in the moment, only in the moment, and then not telling a story about how it is or isn't going to last in the future and creating all this meaning out of something. It's just right now, my head hurts. Okay, that's it. Stop right there. That's plenty. Yeah. Just speak to the facts. So, you know, surrender and presence and really leaning into the now is about sticking with the facts in this red hot moment and not getting into this place of forecasting and predicting and all of this anxiety provoking, stressful thinking that gets right. in the way of enjoying or accepting what it is that you're experiencing in the moment. Absolutely. And I feel like that's too where like these moods can come from. And then the moods change into total energetic shift for, for people, whether it's negative or positive. And it's just such a crazy concept when it comes to all of it. But I just love it because it really is science because we're all energy and it's all about just shifting your energy. Oh, Shay. One of my favorite authors 
Richard Carlson, he wrote Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, but he went on to write other books that are just so profound in their simplicity. And one of the things he would say is, moods are invisible thoughts. <laughs> They're just thoughts that you don't recognize, but you feel the effects of in the body or in the, you know, in the mind, in the heart, whatever. And he would say, the number one thing when it comes to relating to other people is to not take their moods personally, you know, because they're like, that's the one thing. And we all do that. Somebody's in a bad mood and all of a sudden we either want to fix it right away or we take it personally and then we have a response. And the next thing you know, it's you're spiraling into some space and some place that you don't need to spiral, you know? And so to that end, that's why I think Eckhart Tolle says it well. He's like, you know, kind of like to fight unconsciousness is itself unconsciousness to fight ignorance is ignorance to fight a lack of awareness is a lack of awareness you know yeah. it's like the easy way to say it is this fight stupidity is stupid you know it's like so don't get in that place in space right where you're taking other people's moods personally and also recognizing when you're having a mood there's just some invisible thoughts there and you don't need to heal all those thoughts but you can simply remember that you don't need to think all the time obsessively compulsively at all you can simply rest and breathe and enjoy the moment if it's swiffering or doing the laundry or taking a nap or whatever. Absolutely. I took people's things so personally and it just was like so detrimental to my life and my energetics. And I never really realized that like everyone's always projecting like whether it's positive or negative and just really realizing and just knowing and sitting in who you are and not taking that on, I think is so important for sure. Oh, you nailed it. We're all, we're all guilty of that. I mean, that's one of the things I realized very early on too, was the ways in which I would let other people's thoughts and moods dictate how I felt, yes. whether it was praise or whether it was criticism, you know, or they were in a bad mood or a good mood. I'd be, you know, pushed around so easily, but you know, the greatest spiritual masters and teachers they aren't pushed around at all in terms of what other people think and feel, you know? They just continue to stand firm in their peace, in their love, in their happiness, in their confidence, in their abundance, whether you recognize it as the abundance that, you know, you would call abundance or not. There's a deeper abundance that might not look the way you think it looks, but they stand firm in that despite the conditions, circumstances, and thoughts and opinions of other people. Absolutely. And that goes hand in hand. I'm actually writing a book right now called Our Unseen Energetic World. What? So, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> when is it coming out? I, okay, I don't have a date yet, but I feel like I need to put it out into existence. So by 2021, it's going to be launched and out and ready. Um, that's what I'm putting out into the universe. So it's going to be I'm all so about today, about what we talked about, because there's this unseen world that's not seen by our physical eyes that needs to be talked about. And that was totally happening on this interview and between you and I. And that's why I love, 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 love chatting with you because every time it's just like, oh, you feel my fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Shay, I feel so incredibly and deeply blessed and fortunate to know you at all. And I mean that at the deepest level. Like I love so much, not just what you do and how you do it, but I love who you are. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for just being the light and the love that you are, Shay. I mean, it's incredible. Oh, much. That means so much. True. And serious, back at you, honestly. I just, yeah, I always, I have so much to say about you. So many good things. And it's just always such good vibes. And it's just on a deeper level. So amazing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, well, we'll wrap it up. But I wanted to ask, well, where can people find you? Where can people work with you? How can we know more about you? Love it. Yeah. So you can find me at um, coachrobmack.com. You can find um, my first book, Happiness from the Inside Out, 
that aren't in science of fulfillment everywhere great books are sold, including Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Um, my second book, Love from the Inside Out, is coming out in the spring. And then you can find me on all social media platforms, most notably Instagram <laughs> at Rob Mack, M-A-C-K, official. Amazing. Thank you so much. Today was probably my most favorite interview because I just, oh, it was so deep and profound. And I feel like a lot of people are going to connect and, and hopefully think and utilize this uh, as a more deeper connection into themselves. So thank you so much, Rob. You made my day. Thank you. <laughs> you made mine. Amazing. Thank you guys so much again for joining me. Quantum Magic TV, my amazing friend, Rob Mack. Make sure you follow him, work with him, and we will see you guys back here at 12 p.m. PST every Monday. Bye, guys.